Hello, sunshine. Hello, sunshine. Hello, sunshine. Gotta make hay while the sun shines. What's this? This is Hello, Sunshine. What if by sharing our stories, we could change the world? Welcome to Hello, Sunshine. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I'm Maeve Higgins, and this is My Best Breakup, the show about the breakups that transform our lives. Breakups are hard. We all know this. And that was one of the reasons that we decided to make this show. But breakups can be even harder when the person that you're breaking up with, when you feel like they're really a part of you, you know, when they're hugely tangled up with your own identity, how can you just split? And in this case, my guest this week, she had to do that. Tracy McMillan is a TV writer. She writes books about relationships and she's a mom. And now with her son graduating from college, she's looking at a legitimate empty nest. And that means redefining what parenthood is when your child grows up. I think it's tough when families leave, when families kind of break apart, even when it's just in the inevitable flow of life. I'm one of eight children and I remember when my older brother and sister left for college, they went to college in England and we grew up in Ireland. So they were going to another country. And even though there was eight children, so there was still like six of us left and we all looked the same anyway, I still noticed their absence hugely. It changed everything at home. You know, it was great. We were so proud of them. They were going to university. And I got to finally have a room of my own for the first time when I was 15. And that means I got to do all of my nefarious teenage activities in that room, which included writing letters on Amnesty International's behalf, (laughs) writing personal letters to political prisoners. And it also included... (laughs) secretly eating yogurt, which I now do out in the open. Look, we've all come a long way. But what I'm saying is when family breaks apart, things never really go back to the way they once were. Thinking about it now, it feels to me like a breakup. In this episode, we're going to hear some incredible wisdom from Tracy. It will seriously give you the chills. And stay tuned after the interview too for some sage breakup advice from our executive producer, Reese Witherspoon. Every breakup starts with a love affair, and Tracy's love affair began even before her son Joseph was born. And just like the best meet-cutes in your favourite rom-coms, it was unexpected. I got pregnant the old-fashioned way, by accident. (laughs) (laughs) My period's late, so I'm like, you know, I'm just going to pull over here at this pharmacy and grab a pregnancy test. You know, Mm -hmm. just rule it out. And um, I remember very, very clearly when I was done with my purchase, the lady at the pharmacy said, well, I hope it turns out however you want it to. Hmm. And I was like, that's cheeky. (laughs) Why did she have to say anything? (laughs) I know, exactly. So I get in the car and I drive the rest of the way up to this house. It's empty. My friend's in there, but she's on the phone. So I'm like, you know what? I'll just duck into the bathroom very quickly and like pee on the stick. Yeah. So I pee on the stick and I thought, you know, like in the movies, there's like a minute or two. There's like a montage between the time you pee on the stick and see the little plus sign. Yeah. Yeah. Or you kind of like you go out, you pace around and yes. yeah, you like chat to your the, the, the guy. <laughs> yes. And you consider all the implications of this <laughs> and then you come back and there's either a plus or not a plus. Well, that's not how it worked in real life. How it worked in real life is I 
turned around to set the thing on the uh, back of the toilet, and it was already a plus. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, holy <laughs> shit. Okay. Oh. And I will tell you that in that moment, I went, I want this baby more than I've ever wanted anything in my whole life. What? Just like that. It came into my mind, my heart, my soul, my body, my cells, everything. And I was like, oh, my God. Now, in the next thought after that was, holy shit, what am I going to do? Yeah. But the truth was, is that I was, I think I was 31. Mm -hmm. I had a college degree. I had a career. There is no reason that I can't be a mom. Mm -hmm. Now, <laughs> Joseph's dad, well, he wasn't necessarily prepared for this because inconveniently we had broken up three weeks before. <laughs> and it wasn't anything acrimonious. The thing is, he and I were coworkers. We actually really liked each other. We were good friends. But it was more like you date a coworker and then you're like, well, this is not a grand love affair. This is just like we really enjoy each other's company, but, you know. Like we're just used to being around each other. So it's a nice thing, but it, it, it wasn't like a true romance. Exactly. It wasn't like you're going to in your fantasy, you're going to the husband's store or he's going to the wife's store <laughs> and picking out me. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> or like either one of us is going to the mother slash father of our child store and going, that's what I'm looking for. I don't, I haven't seen those stores, but I haven't really spent much time in LA, so I don't know. Well, it's called Bumble, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, like, people don't realize what they're actually doing out yeah. there. It's survival and reproduction. That's it, yeah. you know? So you felt this connection when the this tiny little life was only just starting. And then when you gave birth and everything, were you on your own? then? Like, were you a single parent or? No, my kid's dad and I were like, well, we don't hate each other. We actually like each other and get along. Like, let's do this. Oh, that's so nice. And now there were a couple beats of the story in between that moment <laughs> and giving birth, of course. Um, there was a whole montage. And one <laughs> of the things that happened. Where your pants got bigger and bigger. Yes, my bump got bigger. We decided yeah. to get married. We moved in together. We decorated a nursery. Like, we did all these things. And, right. um, but one of the crucial moments was when I found out that I was having a boy. Because in mm -hmm. my mind, I was, was going to have a girl. That's it. It had never occurred to me that if, you know, I was kind of not ambivalent about motherhood. I just didn't think it was really going to happen to me. I didn't know mm -hmm. how it would happen. And I wasn't the kind of person who was sort of hell-bent or felt like it just, for reasons that we can get into later because of my own childhood, it just wasn't something I really had a lot of um, clear ideas around how that would happen. But if it were mm -hmm. to happen, in my mind, when I saw myself with a child, I saw myself with a girl. And mm -hmm. we were going to go shopping and get, you know, her ears pierced and stuff like that. I was like, what am I going to do with a boy? Yeah. I don't even know any boys. Like, I was a girl's girl all my life. I was not that girl who knew how to talk to boys or had brothers or any of those things. So right. I knew that this was going to be a real journey and that I had, it was like going to a completely foreign country and nothing that I knew really about life 
<laughs> was going to help me here. You know? <laughs> so, and then I gave birth. What was your own childhood like? Okay. You said it was a crazy childhood. Yeah, it was. That didn't teach you how to parent or Mm-mm. like, how would you put it? No. Well, okay. So my mother, um, she was 20 when she had me. She, my dad was a pimp and a drug dealer. She was a prostitute. Um, she didn't want a baby. She gave me up when I was three months old. I went into foster right. care until I was 18 months old. Then I came out and my dad was my primary attachment figure until he got a a big prison sentence when I was three. And then Mm -hmm. I went into foster care a bunch more. And um, maybe all told I was in like two dozen homes. And then I landed in the home of a Lutheran minister, his wife and their five kids. And they kept me from the age of four to eight and a half when my dad got out of prison again. And then he took me back. I went to live with him and his girlfriend. And I, he went right back to prison and I stayed with the girlfriend for 10 years. And she was, it was challenging. I'll put it like that. Um, the right. whole thing obviously was a, a nightmare of, <laughs> of attachment problems and abuse. And, you know, except for the four and a half years with the minister and his wife, they kind of saved my life. So I did have that. And it was big. That was big. And so did you, like, were you scared when you were thinking, now I'm going to have a child, yes. like, I don't know how to, because when I think about, I don't have any children um, that I know of, <laughs> but I w- grew up in a really big family with like eight children mm. and a stable set of parents. And um, I can quite naturally take to children now, right. <laughs> like my friends, you know, I babysit for them and it just comes quite easily to me. Right. But did you, were you worried about that yourself? Well, I wasn't worried really about bonding with him so much as I was worried yeah. about, I've been in therapy my whole life, essentially, and yeah. I've always been on like a spiritual path and trying to essentially have a healing from what has gone on mm-hmm. in my life. And then that has essentially become a whole part of my professional life is helping other people go through this process. And even as a television writer, I I tend to put those ideas in the stuff that I write. Right. And did you have like a specific goal for the relationship that you wanted with Joseph? Mm. I think what, you know, that's a great question, because if I were to give you just off the top of my head answer, my goal is that he graduates from college. (laughs) Like my goal is that he graduates from college without debt. Like I had a real, like I wanted to have, but then the, the, the joke tragedy, tragic comic answer would be, my goal is not to give him away, right? Like my parent did me. Yeah. So because you know, if, if you're me, because I was sort of versed in all of this, I knew that I was going into parenting with, a, with deficits. There's no way you have my childhood and you don't have deficits. So mm. I started very early on trying to um, work on those and really... The reason it's relevant to this discussion is because that's what formed the love. The love was the actions I was taking to be the mother to this child, not that I didn't have, but that he needed, you know? Like, if you parent from your your own place of, like, this is what I wanted, it's not going to, it's going to be crooked. If you parent from who's this human being in front of me and how do I love him, what does he need and how do I be that person, that, to me 
is where the, that's the actual love, not the love affair, but the love, you know, the real nuts and bolts. That's what actually allows you and leads to the breakup is because you recognize this is a sovereign human being. So you think it takes that long to get to know them and understand them and you sort of fall in love with your child and then they become their own person and then they leave. Well, I think you fall in love with your child. You know, it's like boy gets girl, boy loses girl, boy gets girl back. You fall in love with your child. You realize they're not who you think they are. You know what I mean? You realize they're, yeah. they don't belong to you wherever you realize this, by the way, because this could be at any point along the way you realize this. And, mm-hmm. and if you don't realize it before they're 13 or 14, they're going to be in your face helping you realize it. OK, because yes. that's what the rebellion is. Like, I'm not yours. And then if you successfully let them go, they can come back. So Tracy has to let Joseph go. You know how before a big breakup, you can see the signs? Things aren't going as smoothly as they used to. People change, drift apart. Well, before Tracy's big breakup and before her son really leaves home, he starts going through some changes. I believe experts call it uh, being a teenager. So when your kids start going, starts going, fuck you, you know, or whatever, like that's their basic undertone. Like for like five years, their entire undertone of every single thing they say to you is like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. No, fuck you. <laughs> so you didn't take it personally? Was, wasn't there even once where you were like, my God, don't oh, no. you know what I've done for you? Well, OK, I don't have a ton of that. I don't know why. Yeah. Maybe because I didn't have parents giving me that. <laughs> I don't have that idea that like, Mm -hmm. do you know what I've done for you? I don't, I don't know. I've chose to do it. I'm clear on my responsibility that I took this on. I embraced it and it was my choice. So Joseph, like he, he physically moved out of the house when he went to college. Right. And what was it like for, for you? Like returning home, an empty house or? It's crazy. You're like, what is this? At first it's like, Okay, he's he's at camp, you know. Well, the very yeah. first thing I'll tell you, the very first thing I did, and this is where it is really like a breakup. I decided, you know, I've been in this relationship 18 years. I decided I'm going to do the thing I couldn't do when he was here. I'm going to Europe. I'm buying a one-way ticket, and I'm <laughs> that's it. And I'll see you guys oh. later, you know. So I buy, <laughs> you're going to eat, pray, love your way. Yeah, exactly. Your son I'm leaving. like taking off. So maybe he was gone 10 days. I bought a ticket. I took off. I bought a one-way ticket to Stockholm. <laughs> and I was in Stockholm. I'm just airbnb and then, And then I'm in Copenhagen. And then I went to Berlin. But I'll tell you, the day I landed in Stockholm, so this was like three, maybe two or three weeks after we dropped him off, he wrote me this email. And everybody had sort of told me, listen, they have a freak out. After, oh. when it starts to get real, they have a freak out. So he had a little freak out and we had 28 emails and it worked out perfectly because I was in Europe. So I was like eight hours ahead and he was, it was the middle of the night in LA. Oh, he was writing at midnight. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Aww. And we had 28 emails. I'm telling you, that was the longest conversation we'd ever had in our life about, <sighs> you know, uh, just everything that a college freshman would be wanting to talk about. Like, I don't know if I can do this, basically. And everybody else seems like they know what they're doing and that sort of thing. And 
we went back and forth. And all I can tell you is he's still there, you know, and he's going to start living his own life now. So you were thousands of miles away mm-hmm. and in a different country, different mm-hmm. time zone. And did you feel like, were you devastated or were you kind a of little bit. celebrating or? Because when you're happy and engaged and driving, you know, riding a bike around Copenhagen, you feel okay. And then mm-hmm. in the quiet times in the Airbnb in the strange place, you know, I'm even thinking as we're talking, I'm like, in a way, I put myself in the same kind of strange place that he was in. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a transition for me to a whole new life. Now, I didn't really, but you don't really know that at the time. See, now, even four years into it or three and a half years into it, I can look back and go, one of the lessons I've gotten from this is that how much our lives are in phases. I didn't see <laughs> that it was really just phases all along. There's the kid phase and the college phase and the singlehood phase and the parenting Mm -hmm. phase. And then they end. You break up with all of them, you know? (laughs) And, um, and when they're gone, they're gone. And he's, I mean, he comes home, right? For (laughs) He does, but let me tell you. You're gone, Joseph. (laughs) No, no. Okay, so. (laughs) Don't you come back here. (laughs) This also is a process. Like, he he stays away longer and longer periods of time. So, I mean, that's, like, extraordinary to me, just seeing, like, how much time, like, my sisters and their, they have, like, babies and Mm -hmm. three-year-olds. And it seems like the days are very, very long. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And just so, so grueling and relentless yeah all the time all the time and now it's like you go and have coffee with exactly it put me into a level of grief really and trying Mm. to process the fact that he's really gone on a whole nother level but i could see that he's I, i did my job and when when you say there was a level of grief, like mm-hmm. I'm sort of picturing you back where, you know, he's always been around and where he grew up, but you're still there, but now without him. Exactly. So, exactly. <laughs> like it makes me want to what move does away. What look like? Really? Yeah. Okay. So what it looks like is two things. It looks like you shut his bedroom door. Like I could get tearful mm-hmm. even just thinking about it. you shut his bedroom door so you don't see it all the time, you know? And then when you go in there, it still smells like him. Mm. And but he's not there. And when you drive around Silver Lake, you're like, oh, there's his preschool. Remember that? Remember when he was you'd pick him up and then we'd go to Trader Joe's and maybe we'd Mm -hmm. have pizza there. Oh, and then you you feel that memory. And it's gone. So, yeah, I mean, basically, I drive around my life and have memories of everywhere he was and everything we did and you know it's gone now and it was beautiful it was beautiful like he had a great great childhood it wasn't perfect but he went to such beautiful schools and everything he did such enriching cultural experiences it prepared him for the Mm -hmm. life he's having now and he's such a cool person like he's so (laughs) smart and He's just like, like, we need more of him in the world. Like, he needs to run for office, basically. <laughs> <laughs> There's quite a unique pain to a breakup that you know, and maybe even hope, is going to happen. 
Tracy wanted Joseph to go to and then graduate from college. Ever since he was tiny, that was the plan. She was going to send him off. But that doesn't dull the pain any less. It just means you've run the scenarios in your mind over and over, thinking about all the possibilities before it actually happens. And so in the aftermath, Tracy realises what saying goodbye to Joseph means for their relationship and also what this new chapter means for her own identity. I like to say that this phase of my life is like being 27 without the anxiety. Heaven. So like when I was 27, <laughs> yeah. I was like, what's going to be, you know, what is my life going to be? Am I going to have kids? Am I going to get the career I want? Like, what's going to happen? Where am I going to live? Am I going to get married? It was just so many questions and so much uncertainty. And now time has told, you know, I know what happened. I had a great kid. I have a wonderful relationship ongoingly with his dad, who's just like, we're a family, even though we're not married. And you know, he, we're with other people, but it doesn't matter. It's whole. And I I got the dream career and I have a adorable house. Like every beautiful thing happened for me. And, and so all that wondering, I don't have to wonder anymore. And I'm still feel young enough to enjoy, you know, I can still run around for probably 25 more years and then I'll have to slow down. But the other part of it is that, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> life is just so much letting go. That's mm -hmm. really what it comes down to. Life is so much letting go. And it makes me aware that, oh, it's going to end. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. there's, this is just, I feel like the whole relationship put me in touch with Wow, you have to let go of your baby, you let go of your toddler, you let go of your six-year-old, you let go of your teen happily, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. And then you let go of your adult child. <laughs> Bye. And then eventually you're going to have to let go of your own life. Like there's nothing you're going to be keeping. Yeah. I mean, I'm much older than Joseph, but I mm -hmm. still need my mother mm -hmm. from, you know, from time to time. Mm -hmm. How does... How do you work that out? Right. Like when you're kind of doing your thing and then suddenly like he's he's back. Yes. Okay. So this is interesting because when I go up there, we have a little bit of a routine. I take him for a haircut. We go to eat. And oh. now our new routine. <laughs> take him for a haircut. <laughs> yeah. Um, and our new routine is because he used to live in the dorms and they had laundry there. But now I go to his house where I take all his laundry put it in baskets, and then he came to my Airbnb with me, and he fell asleep and took a nap while I did laundry. And it was like <laughs> an afternoon of recreating, like the like he got to be in his dependency needs for an afternoon. It was like plugging into the big battery. And he doesn't <laughs> need it very often. Mm -hmm. But And I can imagine that will take different forms once he becomes a parent. He will plug into the big battery. You know, there's lots of different ways I can imagine over time that's going to need to happen, but I'm here. Yeah. And it's very much, I'm not trying to plug into him. I'm here if he wants to plug into me. What do you take into your life when you, when you, when you're with Joseph now? Well, okay. So I said to him recently that the top rung of my ladder is the bottom rung of his. 
Oh, Tracy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So it's like, I, he's taking everything that I've done in life, you know, it's evolution and he's going to build on that. And what I get from him is that I get to see what in some ways, like what the future is, you know, Mm -hmm. like he's, he teaches me things. He's super wise, you know, and I can see that a lot of that is, you know, it's the top rung of my ladder. Yeah. And that's like wonderful. And then he also just feeds me back. Like he's just insightful. And even though he doesn't even, it's not like he's talking that much. He just is. (laughs) You just pick it up when you're with him. Well, Tracy, thank you so much. You're so generous to share this with us. Thank you for having me. Isn't it beautiful how a breakup can lead to an even deeper, more complex relationship? Tracy's relationship with herself as a mother and with her son Joseph has evolved a lot since he left the nest and it really seems like they're both better for the experience. Okay, wow, I really need to go and call my parents. I wonder if I could convince them to come and do my laundry or just to let me plug in my battery, even for a quick little recharge. My guest today was Tracy Macmillan. Go to her Instagram, at Tracy Macmillan, for so much wisdom. And you'll see her beautiful bouncing brown curls. And for more about the show, head over to our website, hello-sunshine.com. Wait, don't break up with us just yet. We have a special treat for you today. Here's our executive producer, Reese Witherspoon. Ever heard of her? Well, she has her own advice to share on how you can deal with a breakup. The most healing thing I do for myself when I have gone through a breakup is just be alone. I'll go on a long walk and just be alone with my thoughts because sometimes I play out conversations with that person while I'm walking and I have to do that in privacy because it's embarrassing talking to yourself in the house with children around. But I've definitely like been through breakups with girlfriends where I or, or a work breakup, you know, where you leave a job or you have to tell somebody you don't want to work with them anymore. And I'm just always so careful about what I say because words are powerful, you know, and, I, and I, it's really important to me in, in big moments that you measure yourself and that I always say to my daughter, like, is it true? Is it kind? And is it necessary? Like go through that checklist in your mind before you say something to somebody. Thank you, Reese. Next week, we're talking about breaking up with bad body image with Carolina Teresa. She's an amazing actor, really funny stand-up comedian, and a beautiful plus-size model. My friend Justin and I, we got these, um, what was it, Trim Spa, Anna Nicole Smith. It was like, it was like, and it wasn't even like... um, She's a doctor, right? Anna Nicole Smith. (laughs) (laughs) She's a medical professional. Yeah, let's take it. Trim Spa. My Best Breakup is a production of Hello Sunshine. It's executive produced by Amy S. Choi, Charlotte Coe, Rebecca Lair, and Reese Witherspoon. Senior producer is Lindsay Cradwell, and sound design is by Justin Gonzalez and Samantha Gatzek. Music composed by Jeff Tang. Production support by Shelby Sandlin and Mary Phillips Sandy. All right, hug your parents, hug your children, hug your friends and your friends' children. Okay, until next time, goodbye. Can we swear in this podcast? Uh, yeah, you you actually, <laughs> you have to. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs>